Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Wednesday, March 24th, 2021. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, Senator Chuck Schumer convened Democrats on raising the $15 minimum wage. Number two, the Democrats' election and voting rights bill is going to see some partisan fireworks in the Senate today. And number three, the White House is moving to add a senior AAPI liaison after getting an ultimatum from Senate Democrats. All right, Jake, let's move on to the number one story of the day. We are leading Punchable News AM on this. Senator Chuck Schumer convened Democrats who have varying degrees of agreement and disagreement on how the minimum wage should be raised. Yeah, so um if you if you remember earlier this month there was a a pretty embarrassing episode for Chuck Schumer. He um put a $15 minimum wage in the floor, eight Democrats voted against it far short of of even the majority they would need under the best circumstances if they blew up the filibuster. So a big kind of defeat for for um supporters of the $15 minimum wage. Now, um Yesterday, he gathered in this meeting people who are for the $15 minimum wage, people like Bernie Sanders, and people who are not, like Joe Manchin. They clashed over every element of the $15 minimum wage. Manchin pitched 11. Sanders argued for 15. Kirsten Cinema was there. She pitched uh, a um, index minimum wage and a gradual minimum wage, which, which fell flat. Bernie Sanders suggested putting the minimum wage on a must-pass bill so uh, Republicans would be forced to vote for it, although I, I personally I don't think that's a great strategy. Um, what's clear is that there's no agreement. They are not anywhere closer to getting a, a minimum wage, a compromise minimum wage through, and um, continues to be kind of a nettlesome problem for Democrats. Although, you know, the thing that I found interesting about this whole kind of meeting, this episode, is it gives us a little bit of insight into Chuck Schumer. He's coming off of a couple of pretty great weeks. He was able to get the $1.9 trillion COVID relief plan. Biden's cabinet secretaries are all confirmed. But the real question has been for us as people that cover power in Washington is how is Chuck Schumer going to actually lead in the majority? And he got everyone to sit down for the first time since that March 5th vote where those eight Democrats voted against the wage hike. You know, that had left some with bad feelings in the caucus, but it kind of shows how he likes to exercise power. He's not going to move on this issue, which obviously both sides are very passionate on, unless he comes to some kind of an agreement. And it's his really his way of trying to talk to everyone, get everyone in the room. We're starting to see an emerging leadership from Chuck Schumer that I think will be uh, instructive to how he deals with infrastructure, how he deals with his caucus on a lot of different issues. Yeah, and by the way, some of these, I would say this, some of these divisions um, will spill over, right? Because once you move on to larger priorities, there people are going to want the things that didn't get done in the past folded into those larger priorities. I think that's important to notice. That's important to talk about. I mean, if you think that they're going to get an infrastructure bill and Bernie Sanders is not going to vote or not going to support some sort of, you know, um, uh, minimum wage, I just think that that's not realistic. That's not right. So this is going to spill over, frankly, uh, into every legislative issue. 
All right, let's move on to the number two story that we are following. It's a little, you know, in the weeds, but I think when you zoom out, it's going to be an important moment today in the Senate. Uh, The Democrats' election and voting rights bill is going to see some fireworks, to say the least, in what is a hearing that probably no one but us and real Washington insiders or people that follow this would typically be covering. Yeah, so uh, today in the Senate Rules Committee, um, there's going to be a big hearing on uh, uh, S1, which is a v- overhaul of the voting system. Now, uh, uh, got of a lot of attention last week, HR1, which is the House version of this bill. Uh, this is a, a, a pass on partisan lines. This is a massive bill that would dramatically overhaul the nation's election system. It would uh, expand voter registration, making it easier to vote by mail or vote early. I'm reading this from our newsletter this morning just so I get every detail right. Uh, redistricting would be blown up so the congressional districts would be would, would not be drawn by politicians. Uh, super PACs would have to disclose uh, their big donors and um, there would be new limits on how they could coordinate with campaigns. So this is a big piece of legislation. Now, here's the interesting thing. Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell are planning to attend this committee hearing. That's a big not, deal. Not typical because, attendees to the Senate right, Rules Committee, right? <laughs> right. Not big attendees to the Senate Rules Committee, although the panel is chaired by allies of both people, uh, Amy Klobuchar of Minnesota, the Democratic chair, and Roy Blunt of Missouri, who's the, I think, the vice chair, believe it or not, the Republican who's very close to Mitch McConnell. So, uh, you know, this is in, in, in some, if you zoom out, as you said, Anna, this is a... a um, Kind of a battle for for both parties' souls, right? I mean, I'd, uh, in in some sense, because Republicans believe that this would screw them. It would screw them over. It would make them a permanent minority party. Democrats believe that all of this stuff that they're saying is broadly popular and needs to get done um, uh, to ensure a, a, a fair voting system and an America that you know, is is responsive to all people's concerns, political and otherwise. So kind of this big moment uh, on a piece of legislation that will probably never become law, but is a big priority of Democrats and frankly, the base. All right, let's move on to the number three story of the day. The White House is moving to add a senior AAPI liaison after getting an ultimatum from some Senate Democrats. So I want to talk about this in the lens. I think it's really interesting because, you know, there's been a lot of stories and a lot of noise and and applauding, frankly, from the left about how diverse Joe Biden's cabinet is, how in terms of people of color, in terms of women in leadership positions, there's been just, you know, it's, it's a dramatic shift from the Donald Trump administration. But there's been some real concern and noise made about the fact that there is not an Asian American Pacific Islander who is a cabinet level position. And so this is an interesting thing because the White House basically caved here. Yeah, so this is there's there's just one. There is Catherine Tai, who is a cabinet level official, but not a cabinet secretary, which is a big deal. And and it's and it's important to to note that I would say a few things. Uh, yesterday, Tammy Duckworth, who's the senator from uh, Illinois, Democratic senator from Illinois, said, forget it. I'm not voting for any nominee for the most part in, until we get some AAPI representation somewhere in the cabinet or close or in the senior level of the administration. Uh, in a 50-50 Senate, 
that matters. You have to listen to that. And and uh, very quickly, uh, the administration, uh, Maisie Hirono, the senator, from, Democratic senator from Hawaii, said, you know what? Me, too. I'm on that. I'm with that, too. So um, almost immediately, um, uh, the White House snapped into action, said, OK, well, if they're not going to vote for anybody, we need to do something. So the White House committed to an AAPI liaison, some senior level official um, who would uh, uh, you know, presumably ensure that there is AAPI representation across the board, uh, more AAPI representation across the board, which, again, there is not. And um, uh, the two senators backed off of their demands. I, I would say these concerns were heightened when Neera Tandon, uh, the, who was going to be OMB director, had to withdraw or pulled her, or the White House pulled her nomination down because of lack of support. And right now it's only Catherine Tai, as I said, who's the U.S. trade representative, the only Asian-American in the cabinet. So um, a a completely big issue for a lot of Democrats. And frankly, this is what the Biden administration promised. They promised the most diverse cabinet. And this is the first time, according to to Duckworth, and I believe obviously this is true. I'm just saying Duckworth was the one who brought this up. It's it's been 20 years uh, that there have been Asian-Americans in the cabinet. So this is a break from the past. Absolutely. And also just a real, you know, kind of to me, a moment where you see just how tenuous Democrats control in Washington is. We've talked a lot about Joe Manchin and how he is willing to oftentimes go against what Democrats want. But any senator can basically stop the business of the institution from getting done. I also just want to mention to please check out the opener. It is our regular series where we're looking into the orbit, the reputation, the political considerations of Joe Biden's cabinet. And today we are launching Javier Becerra, the new head of HHS. And with that, thanks so much for listening. Hit that subscribe button, leave us a rating and review. You can also subscribe to Punchbowl News at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.